0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Calling all detectives. One thief at a time is bad enough. But when a detective finds himself at a convention of criminals, then he's really in trouble. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. The most important thing a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, learns is to be in control of any situation. I was in one of the convention rooms of the Fowler Hotel because an hour earlier, somebody who didn't tell me his name phoned and hired me to keep a protective eye on the people attending the Flower Millers convention.
2: Pardon me, sir, is this your watch?
1: I glanced at the watch a benevolent-looking gray-haired man was holding out. It certainly was my watch. Uh, Yeah, thanks. I took the watch, shoved it back into my pocket, and melted into the crowd. Fine thing. A detective hired to protect a convention and getting his own pocket pick.
2: Excuse me, did you lose this?
1: I blinked as another man offered my watch to me. Yeah, I guess I did lose it. Where'd you find it? The man smiled, patted my shoulder.
2: Don't give it a thought, my friend.
1: I grinned ruefully, took the watch. This time, put it carefully into my trouser pocket. No two ways about it, I had to find somebody in charge. I stopped a portly little man ambling by. Uh, can you point out to me who's in charge of this convention?
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry, sir,
2: I just got
1: here myself started to walk off, then turned back to me.
2: (laughs) By the way, isn't this your wallet?
1: I snatched the wallet, closed my fingers over his wrist. Yes, it is. And what's more, I think you just lifted it.
2: Why, of course I did. And if I may say so, I don't think you
1: have much future in the profession. I shook off my hand and stalked off. I leaned against the wall and mopped my brow. Obviously, I'd come to the wrong meeting room and stumbled on a convention of pickpockets. Hired to guard a convention, I entered the wrong meeting room and found myself in the midst of 50 pickpockets. My first impulse was to get out of there and yell for cops. Then I thought better of it. These men weren't bothering anybody. The cops could have no reason for arresting them. But even if there was nothing I could do about it, I did have the chance of a lifetime to watch pickpockets practice on each other. Just then, a soberly dressed man came up to me. Pardon me, I'm Arthur Warner. Astralis is my society name. Do you know where I might find the house detective? I gave him a suspicious look. The house, Dick? What for? I uh, hesitate to say this, but I'm afraid there's a thief among our number. I'm a diamond dealer. A packet of stones has been taken from my pocket. Very funny. Very, very funny, Mr. Astralis. But don't think you can distract my attention. Go work on somebody else. I leered at him, turned him around, and pushed him back into the crowd. Then I took my watch and my keys, put them into my inside jacket pocket along with my wallet, and started across the room. A tall, bearded man clutched at my sleeve.
2: May I give you a demonstration of a new device that is absolutely detection-proof?
1: It certainly can. The bearded man took a handkerchief from his pocket.
2: Now watch this. Notice that my fingers are wide apart and motionless.
1: He held the handkerchief lightly between thumb and forefinger. No! Couldn't believe my eyes. The handkerchief had vanished into thin air. The bearded man pulled up his coat sleeves.
2: Not up my sleeves, you notice. This device makes use of none of the usual methods. I'll uh, sell it to you for one hundred dollars.
1: I glanced up, noticed that a group of men had surrounded us. One of them was Arthur Warner, who'd given me the line about being a jeweler. He stepped forward and pointed at me. That's the man. I looked around at the circle of angry faces. One private detective among 50 pickpockets. Not so good. An elderly man stepped forward. Sir, nobody here
2: knows you. If you are one of us, a, a recent member perhaps, kindly tell us your society name.
1: I glanced in the direction of the door a good 30 feet off.
2: The door is locked, young man.
1: I damped my hand under my jacket and grabbed for the revolver I always carry in my arm holster. Behind me, a voice said, I have your gun. I shrugged, dropped my hand. Okay, so you got me. But the room clerk downstairs knows me. He saw me come in. And if he doesn't get a report from me pretty soon, he'll figure out I'm in trouble, and you know what that means. The old man looked perplexed. You work with the room clerk? I saw that I was getting control of the situation. Not only the room clerk, but the house dick as well. Warner looked shocked, then incredulous. This is preposterous. The man is a thief and a liar. And I suggest we call the police at once couldn't believe my ears. The police? You're
2: going to call the police? Certainly. Why shouldn't we call them? But but you're all pickpockets. How dare you? Certainly our members demonstrate manual dexterity by extracting small objects from one another's pockets, but they return them instantly. I will have you know, sir, that not in 40 years has there been any actual theft at a meeting of the Merlin Magician Society.
1: Magician. The thing would have been funny if it hadn't been so serious. Gentlemen, I I can explain everything. I'm a private detective. The voice behind me said, So he is. Here's his badge and his license. In his wallet. I ignored that. Never mind about me. The fact still remains that there's a thief in the room. Somebody who has Mr. Warner's packet of gems. If you'll permit me, I'll try to recover them.
2: Very well, Mr. uh, Browning. We will be grateful for your aid.
1: I let my gaze wander from face to face. No two ways about it. I was in command of the situation. But what was I going to do about it? Is there uh, any other stranger in this room? The old man shook his head. Only you, Mr. Browning? I nodded. Fine. And Mr. Warner's jewels are still in the room. Because the thief wouldn't risk calling attention to himself by leaving. Not if he's a society member. Nobody has left the room, Mr. Browning. I did some of the fastest thinking of my life. The thief, whoever he was, would be prepared for a general search and was not worried about it. These men were all magicians. They knew tricks. They had devices. Devices? Of course, it had to be that. I suddenly turned and grabbed the bearded man. You offered to sell me a disappearing gimmick. You called attention to it because everybody here must know you've been working on it. Would think it funny if you didn't demonstrate it. I say Mr. Warner's missing jewels are hidden in this whatever it is. Trot it out and show it to us. There was a long pause. Then the bearded man slowly unbuttoned his jacket, folded back the lining to reveal a leather-lined pocket, and an arrangement of wires and a small
2: packet. I, uh, I only took them for a dramatic opportunity to demonstrate my wonderful illusion, Mister Warner. Your jewels.
1: Well, that was his story, and he stuck to it. Maybe it was the truth. Maybe not. I've got my own opinion on the subject. Anyway, they let him go, rather than expose the Merlin Society to scandal. As for me, I got $50 as a reward from Arthur Warner, plus a life membership in the Merlin Magician Society. Brownie is my society name, in case you're interested. Like I said, it's important for a detective to be in control of the situation. But when he's working with magicians... He's got to be careful he doesn't wind up losing everything else. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with
0: yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private detective.